Hello and welcome to the Situation Awareness and Your Safety Podcast. Brian Searcy with you. I'm the president and the founder of the Paradis Group. And I can't tell you how excited I am today to have somebody that I've been talking to for about three or four months to partner with on our Left of Bang program, specifically for women to give them the ability to, to have situational awareness. So my guest today is Shannon Monahan. Shannon is the founder and the owner and the president of Red Frog Team and Red Frog Women. Shannon, welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here and we're here to talk about situational awareness and mental mindset on the obvious conversation, which is always the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. And I'm in love with guns. I own a tactical training company, started it about six to seven years ago with the idea that we would provide a environment to generate camaraderie between military, former military, law enforcement citizens, patriotic citizens who like to celebrate the Second Amendment by training together on the range. And through that process, other things came up. And one of the things that came up is centric towards situational awareness and mental mindset, specific to being prepared, threat preparedness. So trying to not even get to the point where you need a defense weapon, whether that weapon be lethal or non-lethal. I know we're kind of having a gun conversation right now, and a lot of women want to talk about guns and like we'll get to the gun thing, but let's back up a little bit and just get mentally squared away with what threat preparedness is. And to me, and with Red Frog, it was about having a conversation. And it was a really difficult time when the, the company started because we were seeing active shooters happening week after week. It was slightly horrifying the timing of starting the idea of active shooter response training with what we were seeing on the news weekly. Every Monday, there was obviously the new town that shook us to the core, that made us think, what could we have done for those kindergarten teachers, those teachers in that school to prepare them for dealing with a threat? And then you jump into France, what happened, and then the nightclub situation in Orlando, and then you go to Dallas, and then where, I mean, it was just turn on the, the news and you're hearing about these horrible things happening, and then you go into Mandalay Bay at a country concert. So what's happening is we're talking about the horrors coming into our daily life in what we consider to be a safe place, a place where you can relax and let your guard down and to have this horrible conversation come to that. And people talk about, yes, have a gun, yes, have a gun, but I think there's so many more things we can do to be prepared, and one being uh, not being a soft target. Uh, so whether you're, you know, identify yourself, whether you're at home or whether you're in mobile in your vehicle or whether you're in a school and you're a teacher or you have a Sunday school group, kind of not being scared, but being prepared a little bit. I used to be a flight attendant for Delta Airlines, and it was during the period where we were in the 90s when we were, had the Gulf War going on and there were a lot of threats when we would land in other countries. And we had to kind of be aware when we went out in the cities and on the airplane. And every day on the airplane, we have to do something remarkable that people have really become accustomed to, which is when you get on an airplane, you sit down, you get yourself all situated, get your headphones, but then we go over a safety briefing. The, the worst conversation to have when you have a guest come into your home is, well, then what are we going to do if we all crash and die? And I think what we've managed to do in the airlines industry is really make it comfortable, palpable, and not frightening. And at the same time, we've managed to, you know, give this message over and over and over again to the point where people are absolutely completely clear at the serious nature of being prepared. 
by the fact that you may take a flight, you may take four flights that day and you will see a safety briefing on every single flight. We don't have a box that we check off when they show up at the gate that's with their password that says, oh no, I did a safety briefing online, you know, six years ago when I started flying. We literally do that safety briefing every single time they come on the airplane. So I think that lends to the, the fact that we can all, I think we're capable of taking in that information and having the conversation, even though it's kind of a scary one. And I think women want to have that conversation because I think in the back of all of it, and a lot of women's minds are like, you know, what do I do if something bad happens? I don't want to think about it, but what do I do? And then they tend to jump straight to a gun. And then the husband or a man or, oh, well, you got to get a gun. That's the only, you got to get a gun. And so some of them do. They skip everything else that's possible to have a, a conversation around, and they jump straight to getting a gun. They might not have cameras. They have no idea what situational awareness is, but they've got this gun. I call it a man-husband gun that he picked out for her that probably has, it's probably not the right gun for her, but they've bought a gun, and it's sitting in a box somewhere, and they're absolutely terrified of it. So there you've got a situation where they think they solved the problem by having a, but, but they really haven't had the conversation. So it really backs up to why I started the company, which is creating threat assessments so you can all get a lay of the land of what is your security posture. Because if you have a really good security posture, you might not need a defense weapon, you know, or if you do, you may need to make it have a conversation about, do I need a, a lethal weapon or a non-lethal weapon by the time I get to that? But but it really starts with a, a assessment of your security posture and maybe where you are the most or a, in a place like your home or your car or your business or your church. We're all a little fearful at church. And I think that's important because we've seen things happen in that environment. Again, a safe environment, having horrible things happen. So not to be fearful, but to be prepared. So Red Frog is about being prepared and there's a lot of different ways uh, we executed that service to people. It started with taking hardcore dudes that were really into jumping out of, you know, jumping into the woods with us and doing tactical rifle 300 and night vision and all these crazy classes. And over the course of the year, I kind of realized, you know, these are the wrong people. <laughs> we definitely need to give this environment for these gun-toting, loving, patriot guys, you know. But they're not the soft targets. And any time I've been, I would say, approached uncomfortably, oddly enough, it wasn't in Bangkok and it wasn't in Cape Town, South Africa. It was in Portland, Oregon. And in my personal experience, every woman has a personal experience that's led her to feel uncomfortable where she needs to have more of a plan. Mine actually happened, oddly enough, in my very hometown of Portland. Oregon when I had been approached by, in, in there was a consistency and that's always someone kind of on crack or meth or heroin and they're a little out of their mind. They, they're not the cute little homeless men sleeping in the, the porches. It's, it's usually a, a man probably in his 30s or 20s that's, you know, not in his right frame of mind for whatever reason. And they're very aggressive to you very quickly. And they're in your personal bubble very quickly. And you have to make a decision how to react. So that's been my fear. Another fear I've had is when I have been out in the country on my home. So anyway, we've been, Red Fox started with the idea we'd do threat assessments. We would also provide an environment to train. Again, we were attracting those hardcore dudes. And as the years went by and things continue to happen in, in our country and the, and the threat landscape, if you will, I realized that where I really, this year, I wanted to make a, an, an effort to step out of my daily routine and really create a division specific to women. So becoming a concierge into the world of tactical training for women that really have a hard time being stepping into that space 
the way, you know, through their, their environment. It's usually a husband and uncle, maybe a law enforcement person in their life, but there's no woman to extend a handout to say, Hey, this is how I did it. And this is how you can come in. And it's not, it's not as confusing or daunting as you think. And, and I want to make that conversation palpable to them. And yes, the gun is that, that lost leader that hooks everyone in. But again, when we're talking about gun-free zones, like hospitals or nursing homes or senior places or schools or churches. Well, not all churches, actually churches are quite pro <laughs> But when we're talking about zones where a woman has to make a decision about her protection and the gun really isn't the conversation. The conversation is let's have situational awareness, mental mindset in that space, and then let's decide what would be an appropriate defense weapon. I know that was a long. <laughs> that was great. And if we had five hours, I could really unpack a bunch of that. But there's a couple of things I would like to just focus on and then lead into the next question. So I loved how you talked about the threat assessment and the situation awareness, and it may be a weapon or not a weapon. Because what our program is at the Broadest Group is all about left of bang. And it's that teaching people how to prevent things from happening first. And then also understanding that while active shooter is probably one of the catastrophic that can happen, there's human trafficking, there's carjacking, there's sexual assault, there's a whole host of other threats out there that we can prevent by learning situation awareness. And then I also loved your flight attendant example about how every single time you went through that process, because that's exactly what we talk about with at the Paradis Group, is that every time you walk into the same coffee shop or every time you walk into the grocery store or every time you get into your car, you go through a quick process to prepare yourself so that you don't become a victim. So I thought that that was, was absolutely perfect. So I want to build on that. One of the conversations that we had about a month ago really struck me because I talk, we talk about at the Paradis Group about how we're not going to tell you what to do. We're going to give you the tools for you to figure out who you are. But you had a specific insight about what women are looking for regarding that. Can you share your thoughts on that? Basically, what you said, just to, to rekey your mind, is that you know women do want from another woman some specific information. They want some guidance on, on how to get a weapon. They want a guidance on what training to get. They want a guidance on potentially what to do in a certain situation, which most guys don't want to be told what to do. They just want to go out and figure it out on their own. Absolutely. And with women, the conversation starts with what are the roadblocks and what is their environment? So a lot of it is what is their fear? And, and you know, men don't necessarily want to go down this whole road of, well, why are you so scared? And what's your fear? And what's your fear of guns? They just kind of, um, not, not all of them, but, you know, they tend to just say, you know, a woman walks into a gun store and she's handed a revolver or she's handed a pink Glock or something. And, and there's not a lot of conversation about the talk about why. The why. What are her roadblocks for, for fear? What is her environment? What happened to her in her past that what what is her environment like that she wants to protect and who is she protecting? So I think a woman who's women are talkers, as you know, when you're experiencing right now, we'll say it. We, we want to go deeper in the woods about the why. And so if you um, peel back the onion on the woman, and this is why I want to have the conversation and create these platforms for to uh, let women hear other women in their conversations around the why, whether they were attacked, whether they're trying to protect children in a you know Bible study on Sunday morning where there was a threat, whether their school is a bit vulnerable because of some situations, or whether they're at home on a property 
property now with this remote learning. Uh, their city is being defunded with the police and there's not necessarily a response team coming. And they're, they're somewhere on a property where they have to feel like they're going to be the person to defend. So the why, the conversation starts before the gun. And I think it starts with listening to the woman's fears and, and maybe a situation and, and unraveling the kind of environment that she feels most fearful in so we can get to the point of the gun. And so, for example, I know Amy makes those wonderful, uh, comfortable, you know, yoga pants that carry a concealed carry. And I have so many friends and stories from women who've come out to train that have been jogging or they've been out on a hike, an innocent hike, a hike that they've done a ton of times and just the day was late and they started late and they ended up alone for some reason in what would be a pretty benign environment, but a person came at them or, or a person put them in an awkward situation and they, they recognize that they need some kind of weapon. But again, going into the conversation with women is my approach. And to do that, you can't do it at a gun store and you maybe can't do that with your husband or your spouse. In the, so it starts with a platform like Red Frog Women, like these podcasts I'm about to start so we can hear other women's experiences and their environments and then understand how they went through the process of identifying the obstacles and then the why and then kind of uh, go into what their challenge was, not being able to respond, and then how we can give them the appropriate weapon in that environment. So going over, yeah, opening up the, the story about the, I think, I know I'm going on and on, but the environment is so important before you decide what kind of weapon you have. For example, in a car, I think having, you know, your, your clock, you're getting out of the car, you're moving, you have your little concealed carry gun, and that, that works in that environment. But if you're on a larger property where, you know, where there's some distance or a big house, I think an AR is a wonderful firearm. And I spend a ton of time with my AR and my optic, and I, I feel very good about in a larger space to have an AR. And a lot of people feel strongly about revolvers and shotguns. And so we'll get in. So getting into the conversation of their environment and what might be a more appropriate gun in that environment. Did that answer? <laughs> no, absolutely. That's great. And really what you're talking about is perspective, right? I've got this perspective of a 59 year old retired Air Force colonel. And, you know, so that is my perspective. I don't understand the fears. I don't understand the concerns of women. So that's why it is so important to have you and others out there that can can convey that. Because the other thing that I often think about, and I think you kind of hit on this as well, because you talked about husbands and spouses and boyfriends, those types of things. I know from personal experience, from trying to teach my wife golf, that that was not going to work. But anybody else can come up and teach her how to how to play golf, and she would, you know, take their advice. And it's just it's not that she doesn't love me. It's not that we don't get along together. It's just one of those times where somebody else has to be able to present that. And when it's a woman to a woman, it's even that much stronger. So I, I love everything that you just said about that. To add to that, I think that the key to all of that is confidence building, whether it be a man or a woman instructing, because I've, I've had some lovely male instructors that were there to build my confidence. And it wasn't a power trip and it wasn't an ego party. It was it was like this human being is here to teach me. And that's their goal. And, and to teach a person, you have to make them super confident. And I think with women and men, it gets tricky being in that relationship. But I think overall, if as you go into that gun conversation from the very beginning, it's about building that person's confidence so they can make critical decisions for themselves. So you talk about making critical decisions, giving them the tools for situational awareness and all that. But at the end of the day, 
the instructor is not going to be there. The, the stronger person isn't going to be there that knows so much more than them. And it's about fueling them with the confidence to make tactical or strategy decisions and feel confident about that decision to go into this or go down that hallway or, or hold tight here or whatever it is they have to make a decision on. So if a person doesn't have that confidence, it doesn't matter what you throw at them, whether it be a gun or bear pepper spray, they're going to feel insecure about the tactic or the strategy. Or, you know, do I keep going on this trail or do I bunker down, you know, and go the other direction? Or do I buck up to this guy and I'm going to take him down because I've, I've trained this a hundred times and it's just, you know, yeah, I will, you know, keep space between this threat. So confidence. <laughs> and, no, and women, sometimes, not all women, because it, it, men or women, the person teaching needs to empower you and give you your own confidence so you can not only use the weapon with proficiency, but also learn strategies and tactics so you can make good decisions to get in or out of that threat, you know, space. And tied into that is to know what you're capable of doing, right? You know, if, you know, my wife going up against somebody that's six foot two and 250 pounds, she would have to make different decisions than if she was going up against somebody else. And somebody who's well-trained potentially in martial arts may have the ability to take a non-lethal option that somebody else might not be able to make. So it's, what do you think? A combination between those two, know what you're capable of doing, but then also have the confidence to do those things? You know, yes, Brian, it's all of that. And I think what my journey, you asked about my journey um, before the show and my journey was all of that. I was given a lot of proficiencies right out of the gate when starting Red Frog because of my environment of being around all special forces. Uh, instructors. So they kind of threw some hardcore stuff at me as far as the, the proficiencies around the firearms. But what evolved that I think was more important, the takeaway from the last seven years of all this is what I've learned about situational awareness, mental mindset, and confidence. And knowing that I feel really confident to make the decision to do whatever it is I'm going to do. It was so painful to hear about the Yakima shooting in Oregon, where they stood up in a classroom and I think the, the shooter said, what religion are you? Boom. What religion are you? Boom. And so you're watching a few people to the left or right. And again, no one knows how they're going to react to the situation. But like, I think so many people think they have no options if a person has a firearm. And I, as a person who stood on the range for years watching men try and do a tactical reload, <laughs> and it was like, you're like, okay, every, you know, there, there's time, there's things. And, and I, I just think that if people understood the firearm that they were being threatened with a little bit more, that would also help them be able to make decisions in that space if the threat was a firearm, um, because they would understand the weapon and not be so fearful and frozen. And okay, so getting to know, you know, what you're up against, but having the confidence to, I, I think you, you, I say this to my daughter every time she goes into a parking lot, make a decision that's kind of strategic. When you're parking, when you're going into an environment, if you're a realtor and you're going into a house to show a house, who am I meeting? What kind of commercial space am I walking into alone? Are there people camped out here? And there's, you know, Portland's full of empty commercial spaces right now. And these realtors I've been talking to have to go in these spaces where people are camped out and they got to go ahead of time and turn on lights. And, and they're actually kind of terrified, but they want to have the confidence to know how to approach the building, what signs to be looking for, and perhaps what lethal or non-lethal weapon they should have on them to protect them if something approaches them or jumps out at them. Well, and 
I love the way you just explained that because that ties in exactly to what our situation awareness program is, the one that we're going to be partnering on specifically for women. Because when you teach a process, and we, we've we discussed this, it's, it's identify, assess, and predict. That's what you do every time you are getting ready to go into that house, if you're a realtor, into that coffee shop, getting into your car. And when you do it over and over and over again, you're training that lizard brain. That part of your brain is going to give you the confidence to be able to make a decision if something bad happens, and ideally to prevent something bad happening. I've got numerous ex- examples of folks that have gone through our program who have identified a threat early enough that they were able to remove themselves th- so that they didn't become a victim. So it's tying all of that together. And that's why I'm so excited um, to be working with you to, to take the situation awareness program that we have and really focus it on, on women. And, and to your point, it's not just women that carry a weapon, it's all women. So they are aware of the threats. They learn how to develop this process so that they can protect themselves. Critical thinking is so important, especially when what comes to mind right away is the teachers, the teachers, the teachers that have been given some little band-aid program for if an active shooter comes in, that realistically, I think is probably not some of the wisest things for them to do, that that removes, they're being told that they're they're removing their ability to critical think. You're not going to critical think this is our process at our school if there's an active shooter. You're going to do this, that, and the other. And it's a very kind of, it doesn't allow a lot of opportunity for building confidence or proficiencies. So I feel frustrated because I have been a role player in schools with law enforcement where we have had them come in and there's been an active shooter. And I watch how, and God bless our law enforcement, but I think women don't understand that they have the same abilities and their capabilities to be physically fit to be proficient with a a defense weapon and to critically think and even have, call me crazy, but tactical strategies that special forces and law enforcement have. I don't know why we think we can't give, I mean, there's no one out there giving women a lot of really interesting information that I hear daily from special forces and law enforcement that we just like, oh, no, no, here, just throw, you know, throw a mug at them or do that, like how to enter a room, how to, you know, room clear, how to do this, how to do that. And women, my gosh, they do, they're up and down doing yoga. They're they're physically fit. Not all of, I mean, again, I'm not, Superman is not going to show up you know, looking like Clark Kent, ripping a shirt off and coming in and have, you know, the training to necessarily deal with what, and we saw this in Parkland, which was so disheartening. It was so hard to accept the fact that, you know, while we have our SROs and we have our law enforcement, they can't be everywhere at all knowing and everything. There's so much information when an active shooting happens. There's, you know, the public has to understand, the teachers have to understand, the women that, they can't know everything. There's there's confusion, there's chaos, and every minute counts. And there are little tiny things a woman can be doing, whether she be a teacher, whether she be a mom, whether she be a mom hiding at Target down an aisle with a child and something chaotic is going on towards another part of the, the store, or if you're at Nordstrom's and this guy, you know, you can do things. You can make some decisions, but for some reason, there's no one giving them that information. And I'm dying. <laughs> I'm frothing at the mouth to give out this information. And 
what I realized with Red Frog standing on the range and just giving out the tactical training, yes, that's the get training all day long. A million people want to train, be able to use a gun. That's great. And that's what I want to continue to do in making it a little more palpable and centric to women and creating an environment on the range for that. But before that, I just think there's this other very tactical information or, or mental information that they need. They don't just need to hear it once in a little program at their school that their community put on to say, this is our, this is our bandage because, you know, after we got to check the box that you have active shooter training, which I think is usually not as um, effective as it could be, but I want to go out there and have this conversation in Red Frog in Shannon, you know, my, with my Shannon Monaghan podcast, talking about what is kind of not great coffee talk. <laughs> you know, we would love to talk about a lot of different things, but I love talking about active shooters. I love to talk about, you know, all these kind of things because I really do want to make it like the flight attendant situation where we can talk about it. We can have, we can be funny. It's, I know it's so horrible, but I think that the fear with people is these active shooting things happen and no one does anything effective except for online. The media starts arguing about gun laws and then it goes away. And then we have another uh, threat or, and again, we've solved nothing. No one's been empowered or educated and the true, the true soft targets still don't have the information. So uh, I know how to get information to those guys that are all the gung ho and I love our red frog. I love what we do, but I am carving out a little home, a, a coffee shop talk for women to talk with me and, and be a part of that conversation about being attacked, about threats, about guns, about active shooters, which no one likes to talk about. Well, you know, that's just like, I hear women in school saying, if I have to talk about that or I just need to retire, I just can't. But you know what's happening that I think is changing that is the threat landscape. So today's threat landscape is lending a different, uh, there's an sh evolutionary shift going on this year, my friend, in Texas and really bad in Oregon, where we're talking about defunding the police and where we have lawlessness acceptable in Portland, Oregon, acceptable. And the same people being of the acceptable of it are looking around going, oh, I need to do, <laughs> I need to protect myself. So if the conversation wasn't interesting a year ago, it's become 10 times more interesting and absolutely necessary for women to have these hard conversations because they are the soft target. Uh, anytime I've been uncomfortably approached or in a situation where I was like, I may not get out of this, it's because the, the man in my life that might be perceived as a hard target was not in my space or had driven away or I'm downtown walking alone. It's never when the guy with the gun is there. It's never when, you know, the muscle guy, the big guy. It's never that. It's always, uh, for some reason, those those bad guys like to see a little baby deer with other little baby deers, and then they they approach. So, so let's have that conversation, and let's have it now because we don't have time to wait because our country has changed, and it's decided that it wants these changes, and that's, you know, that's another conversation that I have a very, very strong opinion about, but staying out of the politics of it, I think what we all as, as Americans, all of us women together, I don't care what you are politically, you want to be safe, you want more than yourself being safe, you want your children safe. You will do anything it takes to keep your child safe. 
And right now, more than ever, you better be running through the drills of what that looks like, because it's a real it's a real honest thing going on in our threat landscape today that we we really need to run through like the 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 airplane checklist of like, you know, where is your life jacket? How do we do? How do we behave when the plane crashes? And then going through those exercises. So you do it without even, you know, having to think about it. So I'm afraid we're there, folks. Ladies of the country, we're going to come together and we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about how to keep ourselves safe and our children. And what Red Frog wants to do, Red Frog Women, myself, Shannon Monahan, and the people I associate with is we want to bring you the, the best information. What the government has spent millions on in the military, in special forces, that information, what law enforcement gets trained on, I want to you know, bring that concierge, that information change it, make it a little more palpable and bring that to you. So you have the best information available to you. So you can critically think through it, learn it, practice it, get out and then make your decision about what to what what to take and what to apply based on your environment and your your proficiencies. Because you don't want to give someone a gun that isn't proficient with a gun. You know, they can they can have bear pepper spray or, you know, different kind of things. But let's let's talk about the options. Or this is one of the reasons I love having conversations with you because we are so on the same page. And that's why I'm so excited. You know, the Paradis Group teaches the eight critical skills of which critical thinking is one of those. And then we have our 90-day micro e-learning program so they can learn all those mindsets and behaviors. And that's where your expertise is going to come in to make sure the narrative really applies to women. We then combine that with your public speaking. We combine that with your podcast. And we're going to get be able to educate and get the word out to the women that are out there that, that really need to develop this skill. So, so Brian, that we're bringing um, a, uh, a deliverable. It's one thing to have a podcast. It's one thing to talk about and everyone get all excited on the media and you sit and you watch all this stuff. But what can I do? Well, give me something. Give me something. I'm home. I'm locked up uh, here. We're locked up another month in Oregon. <laughs> what can you do at your home? You know, it's not a, you can't shoot a gun in your home. You can't practice. You can't train. You can do dry fire and all that. But what can I do at my home as a woman to start having that conversation, start opening up that tactical training uh, knowledge book. And this um, series that we're creating, Brian, I'm just so excited because I can direct women directly to get into this, the part, I'm going to call it a party. I, for me, it's a tactical party. It's a conversation about tactical and there's people and we're going to be talking about stuff and we're going to challenge them to do things. And they're going to have little nuggets of opportunities to learn and practice at home. And what a better time to be able to be given um, information and to dive into something going into, you know, this next year. So I'm glad that the Protest Group and you and I, we're, we're all coming together to be able to give a deliverable <laughs> that they can actually get their hands on. And it getting well, so we'll be breaking that definition of insanity that that Einstein talks about, where we've just been doing the same thing over and over again since Columbine in 1999, and now we're actually going to go out and make a difference. So that's awesome. So, tell us how to get in touch with you. Well, I can always be found at Shannon at RedFrogTeam.com is my email. Shannon Monahan Instagram. Um, I'm there. There's uh, the Red Frog Team and the Red Frog Women Instagram right now. I'm really excited about the work we're doing, and there's going to be more content, more video, and things to things to come from Protest Group. In addition to that, I'll be kicking off a podcast up in Oregon that's going to be exciting, and uh, we'll we'll be announcing that a little bit later. But 
stay stay with Shannon Monahan at Instagram and everything will kind of unfold from there. Awesome. Well, Shannon, thanks for being on the podcast today. As usual, we've had a great conversation. I'm just excited about the future. And I think we have a great opportunity to do some education and training and, and learning specifically for the women that are out there. So again, thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.